0: This is Horsepower happening. Tear up the body panel fine. You know, even Ben knows,
1: you could have destroyed the whole race car, if not worse. I don't have any problem racing each other and trading paint and moving people. I mean, that's it's a short track bull rig. This right. is not Daytona.
2: From the MCRP studios in the Motor City.
1: But I do know also one thing. By the time I'm his age,
2: I'll
0: have more than 100 wins, and I promise you that. With Zach Heiser. Fager leads him down on the bottom side of the racetrack. Moyer trying to make something happen on the top shelf. Big run. He'll cross over now down the back straightaway into turn number three. Moyer puts the binders on. Fager nearly on the bike. And Rich Frank.
1: Any progress, Zach, that they made on the last stop, they ruined on this one. So now they're really trying to get this thing off the ground.
2: From the Motor City Racing Promotion Studios. Hey guys, this is Ford High. This is three-time Dirt Car UMP National Champion, Rusty Schlink. This is Bobby Santos. This is Travis Stemler. This is Travis Brady. This is Andrew Shy. David Melkey, Josh Fry. Ryan Rule. And this is Horsepower Happenings.
0: Hey, 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 welcome in. Yeah, we know we talked last week, but we don't care. It's technically season two of Horsepower Happenings. Rich, we made it, man. Made it. Season two. Without killing each other. Yes, (laughs) and uh, we'll see what happens. That means it's speed weeks. Oh, we've got so much to get into. Good evening and welcome in our first show of season two. Racing underway in many parts of the country. We'll have lots to cover. So let's get into what's happening in a Motor City minute. Kyle Busch Motorsports announced today that 15-year-old Sammy Smith will compete in a 20-plus race schedule that will see the talented teenage driver uh, pilot the famed number 51 Super Late Model in a variety of events around the country this season. Smith will kick off his uh, tenure with the 2020 World Series of Asphalt Stock Car Racing at New Smyrna Speedway where he won the championship in the Pro Late Model Division last season champion racing association powered by jags officials and tilton engineering have announced that they've come to an agreement to become marketing partners with cra tilton will have support of both top tier divisions in 2020 tim mccready left no doubt saturday night during the super bowl of racing at golden isle speedway in georgia The waterloo new york driver sacked the competition leading flag to flag on his way to winning the season opening race or the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series. Those things and so much more happening this week on Horsepower Happenings. I'm Zach Heiser. Rich France sits across the table. It's a new season. We both managed to uh, retain our jobs for the, uh, I mean, it's only been seven days, but you never know. The, <laughs> we, things could have happened. Still having a job <laughs> after one year is a plus. And
1: new season, new intro, if yes. anybody noticed that. Great, yes. new, great new cool intro. Uh, you know, lot lots happening. We, you know, we're talking about racing everywhere else, Zach. Uh we had some racing here,
0: yes, like you said, in the Great White North, in the Great God's white country.
1: North. You got it. The 52nd annual I 500 snowmobile race kicked off last week, and concluded this weekend in Sioux Saint Marie. Troy Dewald, the three-time and defending International 500 snowmobile race winner, added his name again to the Sioux I 500 record books by winning the inaugural International Snowmobile Racing Formula Three feature. To kick off Bud Clark opening day at the event, the 50 year old rider, 50-year-old rider from Augurst, Michigan, aboard his Cataract Collision Racing number no. 21 Arcticat Cat snowmobiles machine, led from start to finish to begin the Sioux I-500 weekend on a winning note. Earlier in the day, Jake Garreau was the fast qualifier and established an ISR Formula Three track record in the process. With a lap of 40.590 seconds, just over 88 miles per hour average, Girl also would win the heat race. Then in the main event of the weekend, Aaron Christensen, Gabe Bunky, and Taylor Bunky picked up the win in the 52nd annual International 500. The riders of the 74 Bunky Racing Polaris snowmobiles machine made history as Gabe Bunky from Rose Minnesota, won his eighth International 500 snowmobile race to tie Corey Davidson Racing For the lead in all-time I-500 victories with eight for Christensen from Metisco, Alberta, Canada. It was his sixth title to put a stranglehold on third on the all-time wins list. While Taylor Bunky out of Moorhead, Minnesota, won his third to put him in a seven-way tie for fifth all-time.
0: Let's get back to some racing with four wheels and a circle track. How's that sound? Sounds good. (laughs) Champion Racing Association, powered by JEGS officials, have announced some schedule changes for events at Anderson Speedway in April. The ARCA CRA Super Series regular season opener that was scheduled for Saturday, April 18th has been moved to Saturday, April 11th. The Vors Welding CRA Late Model Sportsman and Van Hoy Oil CRA Street Stock Doubleheader event that was scheduled at Anderson Speedway for Saturday, April 11th, you guessed it, now moved to Saturday, April 18th. With the move, the ARCA CRA Super Series regular season opener will now not conflict with the Nashville Fairground Speedway season opener that includes... Pro Late Models. The move was also made to assist with tech implementation for Nashville Fairgrounds Speedway Pro Late Model Season Opener. Uh, Glenn Luckett says, quote, it's nice to see another situation where promoters are working together to make things better for everyone. Glenn Luckett, of course, uh, the, the big guru with CRA and, uh, Rich, I agree. I, I love it when people can work together like that.
1: Makes things a lot easier for everybody all the way around. And we'll stay, stay with the, uh, late models as they got into action out at Irwindale out in California. It was a race that went according to plan for Derek Thorne on Saturday night. At Irwindale Speedway, the Bakersfield, California driver used a strategy that allowed him to be his best when it mattered most, capturing the $25,000 in cold, hard cash during return of the All-Star Showdown for the Spears SRL Southwest Tour Series. After starting from the pole and riding in third for 75 laps, Thorne charged back to the front following adjustments at the halfway break. After reclaiming the lead, the four-time SRL champion Fennadoff and finally pulled away from Preston Peltier in the final 50 laps. For Peltier, a chance to back up his recent Chili Willie 150 win at the Tucson Speedway went away as the on-track battles took their toll on his number 48 machine. Second place isn't what you really want, Peltier stated. Derek got a little rough with me there in those on those restarts, and I don't know if I bent something or the stagger closed up, but the car got real tight and there was nothing I could do with him. Jack Wood, Dylan Lupton, early race leader Lenny White would complete the top five. And in the pro late model portion of the SRL All-Star Showdown, uh, was shaping up to be a barn burner between two former Kowicki Driver Development Program drivers during the closing laps Saturday night. However, that barn burner turned into controversy when a lap car blocked the way of the leaders on the one-third mile inner oval with two laps to go. Jeremy Doss and Cole Williams were even entering turn one. When the number 16 of Kyle Gatula slowed on the inside, just above the white line marking on the racetrack. As the leaders entered turn one, Williams took his number 21 high and backed off, trying to avoid a collision, but turned Doss's number 35 in the process. To the surprise of many, the race stayed green despite the chaos, with with Williams crossing the finish line to take the $10,000 victory in his victory lane interview, and ecstatic Williams was also apologetic to his opponent. I apologize to Jeremy. I don't know what the lap car was doing, Williams said. They kept saying, pull down, pull down. The last At the last second, he decided to stay on the track, so I apologize. Jeremy and I have raced together for many years, and I don't like racing like that. Uh, I, don't, I, I don't think backing out. Uh, I even backed out thinking the caution was going to come out, but it stayed under green, so we kept going. Doss declined comment after the race, but in the chaotic final two laps, Williams got back up to speed before Mike Byler could uh, catch him for the lead. Byler would retain the runner-up position with Robbie Hornsby, Lucas McNeil, and Kyle Meyer completing the top five.
0: Well, uh, guess what? Here's the deal it is now on Horsepower Happenings because, uh, Rich, you, you've seen the video. It's on Twitter, and uh, it's it's circulating the social media you, my friend, are fired up about this situation.
1: If you watch the video, the there you have your two leaders racing down the main straightaway, basically side by side with two laps to go. Mm-hmm. You can't even see the 16 machine of Kyle Gatula until you until the cars go into the corner, and that car is almost at a virtual stop. It is not rolling five miles per hour. Green flag is out. Mm-hmm. Number one, the first problem is he doesn't pull off the racetrack. He's on in the bottom groove. In the, in the racing, racing groove. In the racing groove. <clears throat> and so Williams catches him in a hurry, makes an evasive move, and what does he do? He gets into Jeremy Doss. Spins him around. Spins him around. You see you see Williams start pulling away slowly. The green stays out. So what's he supposed to do? Keep going. Yeah. He comes around, takes the win. That wasn't what we call what we've seen in the past couple of weeks as I'm going to wreck this guy to win the race. No. That was ridiculous. The, I don't know who was race directing this thing, but that caution should have been out.
0: Now, where do you want to see the caution? Do you want to see the caution when the the two lead cars get together and the, the, the former number one spins?
1: I want to see the caution before those two cars running side by side get to that car because the car is barely moving and it's on the racing surface in the groove.
0: Now, in in your story you just read, we hear that the race director is telling this car, pull down, pull down, pull down, pull down. You think that at some point there should have been a change from pull-down, pull-down to yellow,
1: yellow, yellow, turns one and two. When you realize when you ever that race director has to be watching the leaders coming out of turn four down the main straightaway, mm. you also have to be watching that car that is not paying attention to what you're telling them to do. When you know that he's not going to pull down, you have to throw that caution before those leaders get to him.
0: I disagree I, in the way that... Of course you do. Of course I do. I disagree in the way that... <laughs> The car is rolling very clearly off the pace. Uh, That's a problem. It's a problem, but it's a driver problem that needs to be addressed, as in why aren't you listening to your race director? Why are you in the way? Why are you slow on the speedway? For those of you who haven't seen the video, this entire property inside of the racetrack walls is concrete. It's not like you'd be pulling into the mud, pulling into the grass. No, you make a hard left-hand turn, you're still on asphalt. OK, you, you just you just you just turn. Get out of the way. I have a problem with the driver. We saw this last year in at Hartford with the American ethanol late model tour. I have a problem with lead lap cars having to deal with lap cars being in the way. I don't think that it warrants interjection from race control other than leaders are coming. Get out of the way. I don't think that a caution was warranted for the 16 car being off the pace yet. When they got to him, it was not. Um, By the time that the whole thing was said and done, there should have been a caution. At minimum, I think we agree that when the 35 car who was leading the race got spun because this guy went to avoid a crash, there should have been He was gaining on him so
1: hard, he had nowhere to go.
0: We talk about closing rates. We don't, but we hear it a lot in the industry, specifically late model race cars, which this is a late model race, and sprint cars. The closing rate happens so fast, you react. You don't have a time to think about the consequences. And uh, the fact that there was no caution when the leaders made contact and one of them spun, that is sour grapes, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, that would have been the second chance to to bring the caution flag out because then you can say, who are you going to call the caution flag on? The car that's almost coming to a stop that was in the way. Yeah. Let's get these guys side by side, get them on a restart, green-white checker, let them go back at it again.
0: And see, that's where I, you know, we've both raced. We've both worked under different race directors. And I think about the way that uh, our buddy Scott Menlin would have called this race. And I think that in the interest of trying to keep the peace, you don't throw a caution here and you let things unfold. Because if you do throw a caution, you have to send three cars to the tail. You have to send the 16, you have to send the 35, and you have to send the 26, 21 car.
1: Oh, you absolutely do not.
0: See, that's where Scott Menlin's way of doing the rules and things, you were involved in a crash and you have to go to the tail.
1: I call the caution on the 16 machine that's almost at a stop in the middle of turns one and two. So I
0: guess the saving grace is you think that these drivers at that point would fall under the spun to avoid
1: Absolutely. Rule. That's... Cole Williams was avoiding <laughs> was avoiding running over the 16 machine that yeah. was not you, it was not under power. He was rolling. Yeah. He was going so slow. Clearly,
0: a very big problem. Car, Clearly, a problem. Something you know, drivetrain.
1: And like you mentioned, the closing rate going into the corner so fast, and you're waiting. Is he going to pull down? Is he going to pull down? Oh no, he's not. I have nowhere to go.
0: Right, except for into the car on the outside of me,
1: or try to squeeze between them, which there wasn't that much that much room. Because Jeremy Doss was kind of a pinching him down, which he they should were have racing.
0: Done. They were racing for the win. Yeah, right. they were both doing what they needed to do strategically to win this race. But so, you have a
1: car that's disabled on the racetrack, mm-hmm. not getting off. You have to throw the caution.
0: Here's the deal. Uh, Irwindale Raceway made a mistake. Uh, when they should have thrown the caution, you and I can debate until we're blue, the, blue in the face. But what we can agree on is there should have been a caution flag somewhere in that time, in that 30 seconds between the 16 car falling off the pace and the 35 car spinning twice off a turn two, there should have been a caution flag somewhere.
1: There really should have been. The only one who really isn't as uh, excited as we are about it is Cole Williams because he's $10,000 richer because there was no caution. <laughs> yeah. And, but, uh, you know, we invite you to go on, check out the video. Uh, if, if you have Twitter, you can go to Jeremy 35, uh, on Twitter. And, uh, he posts that, take a look at the picture, take a look at the video and, uh, you know, come up with your conclusion. But, uh, I am firm with mine.
0: And, uh, you know, it's funny because Jeremy does not say anything about the incident other than a little thumbs down emoji about what happened. And, uh, I don't know. I, I almost want to chalk it up to a racing incident, but I do think somewhere along the lines there should have been a caution flag flown and uh, tough go. Officials make mistakes and I think they made one of Derwin deal.
1: Yeah, I don't, I, th- I think so. This was not a, this was not a situation of Cole William, Williams rough driving Jeremy Doss. Uh, he was trying to save his race car too when he realized that the problem car was not getting off on the racetrack and it really put everybody in a bad position you have to throw the caution zach
0: well let's move on we have to take a break when we come back uh, we're going to get into some uh conversating season two edition and uh our first female guest featured guest in uh, 365 days uh, Shame on us uh, What's wrong with us yeah. But uh, Melinda Russell Going to join us On the other side And uh, International Women's Motorsports Association uh, She'll uh, she'll be on the phone lines We'll talk about What that means And what she's doing For motorsports Coming up You're listening To Horsepower Happenings The Motor City 200 Is coming back For a third try On Saturday April 25th From Flat Rock Speedway The first can't miss Event of the year Features a season opening 100 laps For Champion Racing Association's JEGS and CRA All-Stars Tour. Also on the card for the first time since 2007, modifies will battle wheel-to-wheel with 75 laps at the historic Speedway. The Victory Custom Trailers CRA Junior Late Model Series opens their sophomore season with 25 laps around the Metro Detroit Bowl Ring. The Motor City 200, Saturday, April 25th, from Flat Rock Speedway, a Motor City Racing Promotions event. For more information, log on to MotorCity200.com. When the call sounds from race control, yellow, 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 bottom of one, yellow, 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 bottom of one. Top motorsport sanctions rely on the elite team of industry professionals for Motor City Racing Promotions to respond. Highly trained men and women in uniform systematically arrive on scene with their advanced fleet of safety vehicles equipped for the toughest jobs. Hours of annual training and practice are executed with precision as the task is rapidly performed in unison. Each official on the MCRP Safety Team is SFI-certified in short track incident response and demonstrates a comprehensive background in motorsports, firefighting, and emergency medical services. It is their own appreciation of this sport and its growing need for professional motorsports rescue that has been the catalyst behind MCRP Safety Team's impeccable portfolio. For more information on Motor City Racing Promotion Safety Team, log on to MotorCityRacing.co and look for the MCRP badge at a track near you. Hi, this is Vesterberg, Michigan's Logan Arntz, and you are listening to Horsepower Happenings. Welcome back to Horsepower Happenings. Zach Heiser, Rich France, along with you. And uh, again, this represents the first guest of a brand new season on Horsepower Happenings. Rich France, who are we chatting with tonight?
1: Yeah, what a way to kick off uh, second season 2020 here on Horsepower Happenings. She is the founder and CEO of the International Women's Motorsports Association. uh, Makes her home in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Melinda Russell, welcome to Horsepower Happenings.
3: Thank you for having me tonight.
1: So uh, let's get started off right at the top. Uh, Tell us a little bit about your organization and uh, what the heck made you get started with this?
3: Okay, well, I'll I'll try to make it as brief as possible, but...
1: Oh, we and got all the time in the world. Go ahead. Oh, we
3: do? Okay, well, <laughs> there we go. So in 2007, I, uh, I was involved in a, I'm still involved in another company called Send Out Cards, and it's a greeting card and gifting company that I'm an affiliate for, and I was really looking to find my niche. Who is it that really needs this product and could benefit from it um, as a niche for me? And it was mentioned to me that they thought racing was my niche, and I agreed with that, except that I had tried sharing send-out cards with local race teams and that. And, you know, local racers spend their last dollars, or as I always say, they spend their grocery money on tires. And so, you know, they just weren't looking to buy into something new and different. And so I after I met with my friend and he, he said, well, I think racing's your niche, I got to thinking about that and I thought, Racing is too big. It's just I wouldn't know where to start and how to do that. (laughs) But, um, you know, I was thinking over and thought, well, I'm a woman in racing. Maybe I should look for women because women typically are the card senders in the family.
0: And what was your capacity in the sport at that time? Just a general fan or what was your connection?
3: I was a fan. I had been a car owner. My son had raced. Um, He actually took his graduation money when he was 18 years old. Bought a race car back in uh, near, near Quincy, Illinois, is where I lived at the time. Took his graduation money, bought a race car, and hid it from me. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, then when I, and then when I found out, I mean, it was a little too late. He, he always said I didn't talk to him for two weeks. I don't remember that, but he's probably right. He, um, <laughs> so he was really the person that really got us interested as a little boy, we used to go to Quincy Raceways in Quincy, Illinois, and watch some friends of my first husband's uh, work, co-workers race. And And Ben, as a little boy, would sit on the front row of the bleachers, and he had a little white race suit that I had found at J.C. JCPenney. And he would only get up to go to the bathroom or ask for food.
0: Wow. So, you so got, he
3: really got us started.
0: Yeah, so you guys had a huge connection to the sport. So uh, anyway, we fast forward, and, and you're looking for a way to, to kind of Blend your two, your two yeah. things that you're doing together.
3: So I think, okay, I'm going to find a group of women on Facebook that are, that are interested in racing. There has to be a group. There's a group for everything on Facebook. So I look on Facebook to find a group for women in motorsports, and I couldn't find anything, at least not what I was looking for.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: So then I started Googling women associations for women in racing and all these different types of words. Again, I couldn't find what I was looking for. So my husband says, well, why don't you start something? And at the time, I was like, whew, I don't know if I can do that. I'm (laughs) 60-some years old. I've had back surgery, so I don't move and, and do things like I used to do when I was 20 years younger. Sure. And he said, you can do it. And so he's very encouraging. So I put a Facebook post out on August 17th of 2017, and it basically said, I'm starting a project involving women in motorsports. If you're interested, tag yourself or someone you know here. And that was on a Sunday afternoon. And by the time the I went to bed that night, I had a hundred names of women. Mm-hmm. And by the second night, I had over 200 names, and I was keeping track of them in Excel because I wanted to know who these women were. And so that's what that's how it started. So I started reaching out to these women on Facebook. Asking them if they'd like to be featured in a magazine. Because I have a publishing background. I owned a weekly newspaper for 10 years back in Illinois. Mm-hmm. And I love telling stories. So I started reaching out to these women. I thought, I'm going to do a digital magazine and I'll sell subscriptions. At least it will cover a little bit of my cost. Sure. And, and go from there. So that's how that started. So and I started the first issue of the magazine was November of 2017. So we do a digital magazine all about women in motorsports. And then in January of 2018, a couple friends of mine run a series that travels and they were doing a, I call it a podcast, but it was more like Facebook live. It was on okay. Facebook and they asked me if I would be interested in being a part of the show, interviewing a woman every week on their show. And and I said, sure. It's very similar to writing a story in a newspaper, except that you're just talking to them. Sure, yeah. So absolutely. I knew I could do it. Started doing that, and then they said to me, "You really need to do your own show. You know, we're mm. not kicking you off, but your part of the show is one of the most listened to parts." Mm. So I looked around. I, I kind of uh, decided, yeah, I'm, I can probably fill in half hour or more. You know, so. I started my own podcast. It's called Racing Girls Rock. And I was also then on Facebook for a while. And I have a lot of the interviews are on our YouTube channel. But about four or five months ago, I uh, reached out to a lady that helped me. So now we are on Podbean, Spotify, iTunes, and Google. So you can find us there. So we do the podcast. Um, and then um, my my love and my thought process didn't stop there. I thought, okay, I'd love to do some events at some racetracks to encourage women who maybe don't feel racing is for them to see that racing can be for women even if they're just spectators. Sure. You know?
0: Because again, that's <laughs> pretty much how you got started. So
3: <laughs> it really was. It really was, you know. I was a fan and, mm. <laughs> and I turned into a car owner and and so that's how it started. So Last year in August, I had a friend who worked at Michigan, so we had a small event there. Went really well. I was, I was very pleased with how it came out. So I decided in 2020, I'm going to see if I can get some events at NASCAR tracks, NHRA races, different places. So we have some exciting events coming up. Um, we've got dates and things already set for Texas Motor Speedway March 29th. Richmond April 19th and we'll be in Phoenix on Championship weekend with an event for women.
0: It's amazing and, to me how how quickly this blew up. Um when when you talk about this, it has not even been th- uh 3 full years yet. No. Uh and and you have taken this name and you have taken this organization to so many places. Did you have any any idea that this was going to no. to explode the way that it did?
3: No. I didn't because Originally, you know, I was looking to connect women to send out cards. I, I, I didn't see this as anything that was going to be big until I talked to a few people that are close friends of mine that are in racing and have been for years. One was Gary Howe that owns Kalamazoo Speedway. Very close, dear friend of mine. When I shared with him, he said, Melinda, this is going to be big. And I, I shared it with a few others like him. And they're like, you have no idea what you have in your hands. Well, I was looking to just do a magazine, and then it was a magazine and a podcast. And now this year, you know, we may be doing over a dozen events across the country to focus on the women in racing and not just the drivers. It's it's the car own- owners, it's the engineers that work for NASCAR teams. It's NHRA junior dragsters. Any woman involved in any type of motorsport now or in the past is who we want to connect to.
1: You know, and I was going to tell you, you know, we've, I've, I've been able to, to be fortunate enough to, I interviewed Natalie Decker down at Toledo Speedway, and we had Haley Deegan on the show uh, last summer when she was at Toledo for the first time. Uh, you think these young ladies are opening doors, maybe even as role models uh, for females to get into motorsports? Because they're also pretty talented, too.
3: Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. And, you know, they're not just talented drivers. They're smart, they're pretty, they're well spoken. They they have so many attributes that young women who should be and want to be successful need. They need to be able to speak well, they need to be able to be interviewed and, and talk well in front of a group. So many things that young girls can learn and become very good at, you can learn by doing or watching what they're doing. Natalie's become a close friend, her and her family, love her to pieces. Haven't had a chance to get to Haley yet, but that's on my list for this year to get her either on the podcast or, or interview her. But I I absolutely I could name, you know, women that are in motorcycle racing. I just met a gal from Hong Kong who's a speedboat racer. It's amazing wow. the women that are in, involved in racing.
1: I talk to a lot of people, uh, you know, Zach and I get to a lot of racetracks throughout the summer. Um course i spend most of my time at at flat rock and toledo speedway but what would and you hear a lot of different conversations going on what would your response be to the people who say women are perfect for marketing and sponsors but on the racetrack they're not quite there yet
3: well i'm going to tell you something that billy benarini told me and this was a couple of years ago and i was lucky enough to be in a place where i was able to interview him with another young gal that was with me and we asked him, you have so many women on your team. And that's back when Natalie was driving for him. Mm-hmm. Lalani was driving for him. Tony was in, the, in there. And we said, you have so many women involved. Why is that? He said, one, I like the women. I like what they bring to the team. But he said, it's not about that. When they get in a race car, the race car doesn't know if you're a man or a woman. You're a driver. And as long as you have the talent... And you bring all the other things with you that are needed to be a good race car driver. It doesn't matter to me if you're a man or a woman. And I love that because every time somebody asks me that, that's what I say. If, if they're good enough for Billy Venterini and he can turn a blind eye to man or woman, then the rest of us ought to be able to do that as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you think that there is, a, and I'm going to, this may be a red button question. So if, uh, you know, forgive me in advance. But, okay. do, do you think that there is any sort of un, um, un, 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 unearned rides given out to women just because I'm a woman, I'm a woman, I'm driving a race car, I can sell your business, give me money and put me in the spotlight, even even if they can't hold a steering wheel to save their life?
3: Well, first of all, I don't think that people who are putting up the dollars for a race team, have the kind of money to throw away on somebody who can't drive the car sure so you know if if it comes down to a girl and a guy and they're totally equal a hundred percent across the board um, then you know maybe the maybe the gal is a little better marketing tool mm-hmm. but they're gonna have to be a hundred percent completely across the board you know and, and that's one of the what, things
0: that we talk about here is that you know talent Talent can only get you so far in this sport, and I think that's the same man or woman. Uh, you know, you can be one of the best race car drivers in the world, but if you can't find a way to bring money to your team, you're not mm-hmm. going to go as far as you want to go.
2: Right. Um,
0: so, yeah, I, mean, I guess you have to exploit what you're good at, right? And so if that's, if that's well, using your gender to your advantage, uh, go for it.
3: I mean, let's, let's look at Danica. I was never a Danica fan. But I was a fan of the fact that you got a woman driving a NASCAR. But what did she do for GoDaddy? She brought oh man attention. What's she still doing for him? Right, exactly. But she brought attention to a company that none of us have heard of. And so, could um, you know my favorite driver, Kyle Busch? Could Kyle Busch or Todd Gilliland or any of those have done the same thing? Maybe, but not the way she did it. Right. And so you've got to give a little credit there to what she did as far as marketing and working her sponsors. And so um you know I I think there's a lot of guys that are good at marketing but um the women are just as good or maybe that's a little bit more in their wheelhouse.
1: Now let's talk a little bit more about International Women's Motorsports Association. Um I doing my research uh you started this ambassador program and uh Kind of explain how that works, with the difference between a regular ambassador and a lifetime ambassador.
3: Okay, so first of all, we have a couple membership options that you can belong to. You can be a yearly member. It's $75 a year. You can be a lifetime member for $300. So if you're a young gal, the $300 is a heck of a deal. And as a member, something I'm offering only to my members is the ambassador program. And so what that means is that they are going to represent their tracker series to the IWMA. So let's say we're going to take Kalamazoo Speedway, for example, because that's one that my granddaughter races at, and she and Camille Lewis are going to be the two ambassadors for there. So as much as I'm traveling this year, I'm not going to be there to know, hey, McKenna won her first heat race. Camille did this. Um, another gal did this. We have a new driver, a new female driver at Kalamazoo. I can't begin to keep up with that, much less the hundreds of tracks across the United States and now across the world. So these gals are going to be my eyes and ears. They're going to send me an email. They're going to post on the Facebook page or on Instagram a picture of the gal, a little thing about what happened so that we can get more and more and more exposure for all of these women out there in motorsports. And then, so what do they get back? Well, first thing they get back, they're going to be listed on our Facebook page as a new ambassador. They're going to have a little spot in every magazine. So if somebody's looking to see who's the ambassador at Kalamazoo Speedway that I could talk to, they know who it is. And um, they're going to be listed on our website so that they get some extra attention with their photo about what they're doing. And then the other thing that's coming on board now is we're starting to have companies reach out that say, hey, um, I'd like to be a part of this or, you know, help these girls along. I'm a coach. I wouldn't mind giving a little something to your members. So now we've got a membership thing that's actually just started. I launched my first one today on Facebook of partners that are going to give a discount or give something, uh, an offer to the members that they wouldn't get anywhere else. And so we're really excited about that. We should have Several more announcements this week with some of our partners.
1: I think that's awesome. But I have to ask you, because you brought it up, uh, you know, Jason Seltzer is a friend of ours, always helps us out throughout (laughs) the summer. I've known Jason for quite a while. Uh, You're a huge supporter, obviously, of the Kalamazoo Speedway. Uh, Curious to know your thoughts on, really, the surprise sale that Gary announced recently.
3: Well, you say surprise. I I wasn't 100% surprised. You know, Gary's. She's Gary's got an in. in age, well, no, not so much that, but Gary's in the age group that I am, and he's got grandbabies coming.
0: And that's exactly and what he said, too.
3: Some of our priorities change when we get to be, I'm, I just turned 64, so the priorities sometimes change. And the body doesn't work like it used to either. He puts in tremendous amount of time and hours and energy at that track that people have no idea about. Not to mention the stress on race night, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Ra- race night's a little stressful? What do you, what do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, not
3: just once in a while. Uh-huh. I'll just put it that way. Yes. He has a pretty good handle on his track. He does. But but was I, was I surprised? Not really. I'm sad only for myself. I'm, I'm very selfish. I love Gary and Donna. And I will hate to go to the track and not see them there at some point. Mm. But for the good of Kalamazoo Speedway and to keep that track open and and continuing to improve and make improvements there, it's not cheap, you know, and somebody with a heart for racing has taken it over and is going to be purchasing the track then that's way better than Gary just says, I can't do this anymore, and another track closes.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, we love what you're doing, and uh, Rich and I kind of looked at each other before we got started tonight, and we said, is this our first female fully on featured guest? And I said, I think think you're right. So shame on us uh, for for that. (laughs) But, uh, you know, in a sport that is dominated by men, uh, for the most part, it's really awesome to see what you're doing. And again, not even three full years into this, and uh, you are—I mean, just seeing what you were doing at, at the performance racing industry alone was amazing to see. Um, and and to, to see that that's happening right here out of our home state of Michigan and over mm-hmm. in Kalamazoo, um, just you—you uh, you go, girl, as they say. You are—you are, you are <laughs> rocking it, and it's very cool to see what you're doing.
3: Well, I appreciate those, appreciate those kind words. You know, there is, what's that song? I got a gal in Kalamazoo.
0: Yeah, there know, you go. But, um, <laughs> um,
3: I've only been a Kalamazoo gal since 1999. I lived in Illinois prior to that. But a Midwest gal for sure, born and raised on a, on a grain farm. My dad was a farmer. So I definitely have grassroots and I definitely love all the people that I've met. And, you know, I, I would say that if something happens and I could not continue doing what I'm doing, mm. the friendships and the relationships I've made will always be with me. And that is just, has just blessed me beyond what I could even explain.
0: Find her on Facebook, International Women's Motorsports Association, the IWMA. Also check out her uh, website at IWMANation.com. Very cool stuff going on, and not just related to Michigan, but to the entire racing industry. Melinda Russell, thanks so much for taking time to be on Horsepower Happenings tonight.
3: Hey, thank you guys, and I'll see you at the racetrack.
0: When we come back, we'll talk to a guy who's going to be at the racetrack coming up in just a uh, couple of days, really. Danny Sams the third, going to do Speed Weeks down in Florida, and he's got some other big news coming up for this year as well. Stay tuned. You're listening to Horsepower Happenings. When the call sounds from race control... Yellow, 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 bottom of one. Yellow, 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 bottom of one. Top motorsport sanctions rely on the elite team of industry professionals from Motor City Racing Promotions to respond. Highly trained men and women in uniform systematically arrive on scene with their advanced fleet of safety vehicles equipped for the toughest jobs. Hours of annual training and practice are executed with precision as the task is rapidly performed in unison. Each official on the MCRP safety team is SFI certified in short track incident response and demonstrates a comprehensive background in motorsports, firefighting and emergency medical services. It is their own appreciation of this sport and its growing need for professional motorsports rescue that has been the catalyst behind MCRP Safety Team's impeccable portfolio. For more information on Motor City Racing Promotion Safety Team, log on to MotorCityRacing.co and look for the MCRP badge at a track near you. The Motor City 200 is coming back for a third try on Saturday, April 25th from Flat Rock Speedway. The first can't-miss event of the year features a season-opening 100-laps for Champion Racing Association's JEGS and CRA All-Stars Tour. Also on the card for the first time since 2007, modifies will battle wheel-to-wheel with 75 laps at the historic Speedway. The Victory Custom Trailers CRA Junior Late Model Series opens their sophomore season with 25 laps around the Metro Detroit Bowl ring. The Motor City 200, Saturday, April 25th, from Flat Rock Speedway, a Motor City Racing Promotions event. For more information, log on to MotorCity200.com. This is
2: Travis Braden, winner of the 52nd Annual Snowball Derby, and you're listening to Horsepower Happening.
0: Welcome back to Horsepower Happenings, this jam-packed episode with uh, yours truly, Zach Heiser. Rich France sits across the table, and, uh, well, we just got off of a really interesting and, and so much fun uh, interviewing Melinda Russell, uh, somebody who doesn't hold a steering wheel but is very involved in the sport. Rich, it's time to get back to what we uh, do very well, and that's yeah. talk to people who hold steering wheels.
1: Well, now we've uh, we, we grabbed up a, a young man from Florida, 17 years old, turns 18 in about a month, uh, Trying to make his way in the sprint car world, if you may have uh, seen him in the Great Lakes Super Sprints around our area in the past couple of years, uh, Danny Sam's the third. Welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Well, thank you guys very much for having me. Let's get right into it. Talk us. You got a busy uh, couple weeks coming up here down in Florida, which I'm guessing is where you're at right now. Yeah, yeah. Still going to school, so. So let's talk about what you got coming up here during Speed Weeks. So, what, what do you guys got going uh, this weekend and beyond? This weekend we're gonna
2: get the trailer wrapped and finish the cars up and we'll be ready for East Bay the weekend after that
0: take us through what it's like to race down there during speed weeks uh you know obviously the the month of February is kind of the unofficial kickoff to racing for everyone in the country all eyes are on what's going on in Florida and and Georgia and that area uh what's it like for you what's the energy like have you participated in speed weeks before uh what what are you feeling uh, leading up to this I mean, it's a
2: weird feeling I'm having all these teams from across the country come down here, and everyone's so excited to get started. It's a incredible feeling. You show up at the racetrack, everyone's got their new race cars, new everything, and they're just ready to go. And the environment's super intense, but you're excited to be in it at the same time.
0: Is this your first speed weeks, or have you uh, participated before?
2: Uh, I participated at East Bay, and when Ocala was open, we were participating there. This might be my third year
0: how i'm gonna ask how's how's your record for speed weeks i mean uh, you got a lot of guys coming from all sorts of places across the country what's it like racing with those guys
2: oh it's amazing it's a you definitely puts your bar where you need to be and sets the bar high and uh the first year we ever did it we didn't do the best and uh we didn't we weren't able to run the final night and uh last year um made the show right away no b mains in the first night and uh finished seventh in a main and the second night we uh didn't make it but we were locked in the show we had enough points and uh, we blew up twice in one night oh, on the oh final man. night
0: jeez, so, that's tough
2: yeah we were running pretty good we were pretty pretty fast last year and excited to see what we can do this year
1: now everything i've seen this sam's la mountain racing is kind of a new venture for you guys talk about how that came about
2: Uh, It came about midway through uh, last year in 2019. We were running with the GLSS, and um, we kind of lost our deal with uh, partners fell apart in a way. And it's part of life, and we were out and down. And uh, Steve and Karen from East Mountain Transportation came up and picked us up and gave us a great opportunity and uh, letting me and my dad chase our dream, become successful.
1: So you started uh, your first year from what I'm— all the research I've done, first year in sprint car racing was 2016, is that correct? Yes, sir. Uh, you finished third in the United Sprint Car Series uh, national standings and won Rookie of the Year award in 2016. Um, you also placed fourth in the Great Lakes Super Sprint standings, uh, finishing only once outside of the top ten in 2018. And now you're going to take yes. the ASCS uh, on. That, that's a big step. It's a huge step. We'll be in Arizona in four
2: weeks, and uh, wow, we ran with them at the end of the year last year, and uh, we started off struggling, and we made the shows the last four races, and to make the shows at Texas and Devils Bowl was a big, a big accomplishment for us, and we really bumped up our pace and set our bar even higher, and we're just chasing it.
0: Let's go backwards just a little bit as uh, Rich just went through your stats and uh, some of the stats that weren't included in there were some early racing days for you. I want to know how you got into the sport. What's the history? Because obviously you did the quarter midget days, were successful enough there to move into the big sprint car. So how did all this get started for you?
2: Well, it all started when I was about four and a half. My dad had a mower shop and a guy came in looking for a part and uh, my dad was like, that'd be super cool. And since I've been five, I've been driving and been chasing my dream ever since and we did a few years just locally in Tampa and then uh but I was like let's go national and we're able to get a few national championships and uh did a lot and uh competed against the best of the best like all the NASCAR driver's sons Harrison Burton, Todd Gilland and the list goes on and on and we had a blast and then we moved into a mini sprint and uh only staying that for about a year and a half we did a half a year and then we went for points the next and uh won the championship in rookie year right away and we thought well let's let's try to get a 305 and we're gonna (laughs) run in indiana and uh we were at the pri show and the guy that dynoed our 305 was like i'll build you a 360 for parts and uh well we've never been the most fortunate family but we've made do with what we got sure we were able to get the that motor and um the next year after that we ran the uscs and finished third and we were pumped and ready to go for the next year and the uh, we're a one motor team still and uh the third race of the season or so it uh let go on us yeah. and part of the, that year was off and on every time we got the motor back or something else wrong and nothing wrong with their engine builder it was always us or just parts failure themselves and it's part of life and we learned and We were able to get it finally going, and we came up to Michigan, and we did great the first year, and should have had a few wins, but just luck and driver mistakes got in the way of that. But that's growing and experience. And last year we did pretty great, got a win, and things just kind of fell apart halfway through the year, and that's part of life. And yeah, we got lucky with this opportunity. Feels like all this hard work, and me and my dad and my mom struggling to make things happen, and it's finally starting to pay off. It's a great feeling.
0: How did just somebody from Florida, Rich and I were trying to wrap our brains around the logistics of a team out of Florida getting hooked up with the Great Lakes Super Sprint Series. Now, don't get me wrong. Barry Marlowe has a stellar series going on up here in the Great Lakes region. But how did you guys discover that series and say, yep, that's it, that's where we're going next?
2: Um, someone reached out to us, uh, um, Jesse Fordyce. Everyone knows Jesse. He said, there's a cool series up in Michigan. We talked to Barry and, he was pumped to do it, and uh, we got a shop up there through amly Motor Oil at the time, and we didn't have. It was in uh, Elkhart, Indiana. We didn't have to pay anything, and we could fly Allegiant for eighty bucks away.
0: <laughs> there you go.
2: It, it was way cheaper than running the USCS and coming home four hours into Florida just to get it to our house. And each race was at least twelve. And we thought, well, this is the best way for us, and we got to experience some new tracks and tough competition and helped us help me grow as a driver too and that's that's it was the cheapest way at the time and it worked out great
1: now last season um you know this this isn't like you're just uh, going in this thing blind uh you competed in uh you know 10 or so of the final uh ASCS tour races last year um how did that go for you to make you feel pretty confident about going into 2020
2: well it didn't start off 100 percent the best we started off 34 raceway was our first one and we started pretty good and just had a mishap the brakes went out in the car and i was in i was locked in and the brakes went out and missed missed my uh heat race and we ended up out of the b so that's part of it and then we didn't make any shows until lucas oil we we didn't do good the first night and then we started doing good later on and uh turned out we got in a wreck at the first night that we started doing good there and that was a tough race and which it's okay it's part of life and uh then we moved on to devil's bowl and that's where we started finding our footing we made the show and that was a cool feeling we learned how to drive a car differently and and uh we went to texas and that was the toughest race i've ever seen we had competitors from aaron reitzel and terry mccarl sammy swindell and we made the show both nights right away. We we're in the top sixteen in points each night. That that made me have a good feeling about it and felt like we were up to pace and up to par with those guys and it's some tough, hard racing and side by side and no one gives each other an inch, but somehow no one comes together at the same time. It's the most aggressive but purest form of racing I've been involved with so far. So So you great. get
1: you get to race with these guys, uh kinda get your feet wet. Uh now you're going to go into 2020 um, level playing field. Uh, what uh, kind of goals do you have uh, for this season? Um, we're definitely looking
2: to chase the rookie of the year honors for ASCS and um, try to be at least top ten in points. We'd like to be a little higher than that if possible. And uh, we want to be we want to be contender at every race. We want to when we show up, we want to have a chance to win every night, not run mid pack. We want to be able to top notch. It's a big dream to chase, but I think it's possible.
0: What sort of changes have you and your team had to go through to get ready? It's 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 one thing to run locally or even regionally and, and have a nice setup, but it's a completely different animal to say we're going cross country all summer long. What what sort of things have you guys had to change in in preparation for this?
2: We've had to get a new rig. Well, we changed chassis builders, and um, we're just kind of getting the rig set up right now and ready. For be able to stay in and travel across the country the whole time and definitely going to make a few changes and just kind of get every all the equipment ready to go to at the same time
0: i want to talk to you about something that i noticed when i went on to your website which by the way uh sam's l-a-m-t-n racing.com sam's one S. At the beginning, one S at Sam's L A M T N racing dot com. Um, you have a very strong faith in your religion and it's very uh very prominent in everything that you're doing, from being on your website to the side of your race car to the side of your hauler. Uh talk to me about that.
2: I mean, uh it's been the Lord and everything has been a big part of my life. Been through a lot of ups and downs and sicknesses and we've been able to get through it all and uh I I I owe all of that to the Lord and uh I wouldn't be here without him and uh it's a I feel like I owe him in a way to show it off and show my faith. I I strongly believe and I want to show that at the same time.
0: That's a that's a pretty cool thing to do, uh and uh you know, I can tell just by the way we're interviewing you, you'll talk about, you know, most people don't go, we blew up two engines in the same night, but it's okay. <laughs> most people <laughs> most people don't use those <laughs> phrases together in the same sentence. It, uh, yeah, I
2: mean, you got to look at life in a different way sometimes. There's going to be ups and downs, but you're going to learn and grow from everything. And if there's a will, there's a way. That's the way there you I go. see it. And, there you uh, go. and uh, I feel like our will is finally starting to make our way in. It's what's a great the, feeling.
0: What's the best way for people to keep in touch with you? I know you've developed some fans up here in the Michigan region running with GLSS. And uh, I don't know, do you plan on trying to sneak up here when you're not on the uh, ASCS, or are you guys going to just take the downtime when you can get it?
2: Um, it definitely, if we got enough equipment still available, um, <laughs> we'll definitely make a, uh, some extra races. And if we're up around that area, we'll hit them as much as we can. And uh, the best way to stay in contact is through our social media. You can find us on uh, Sam's Montaigne Racing on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. You can see our uh, updates and stuff like that. And you can always direct message us for uh, T-shirts and merchandise and stuff like that.
0: Well, uh, Danny Sam's the third. It's uh, been a pleasure. It's uh, really exciting to see what you've got going on. The 17-year-old from Florida, making moves, going to the Lucas Oil ASCS in 2020. Uh, the former Rookie of the Year of the Great Lakes Super Sprints, on his way. We hope to uh, to becoming something something big. So, uh, Danny, thanks so much for taking time to talk with us tonight.
2: Oh, you're welcome. I just want to thank all my sponsors. Uh, I can't thank Stephen and Karen from East Mountain Transport for this opportunity. They've given me the best opportunity in my life, and I can't wait to see what I can do with it. And Outback Freight Carriers, Williams Precision Engines, Advanced Racing Suspensions, Goodyear Rubber Products, Rain Tree Design, Superior Bearing Supply, Kessler Racing Products, um, Binnick Enterprises, Outlaw Racing Fuels, and uh, you know where to find
0: us on social media and on the internet. So that's great. All right, Danny, thanks so much, and uh, good luck with uh, Speed Weeks coming up, and good luck in the 2020 season
2: thank you very much great talking Well, to you. as we
0: said danny sam's getting ready to run down there at speed weeks uh, coming up in a couple weeks uh a couple weekends if you will when the sprint cars take over but starting uh well right now <laughs> feature feature racing is happening down in florida
1: exactly uh, east bay raceway park getting started uh tonight they'll go they'll go five out of six nights this week they'll just take friday night off But tonight, tomorrow, Wednesday, Thursday, and Saturday, Lucas Oil Dirt Late Models on the card down at East Bay, and then uh, and then we get busy, Zach, with my favorite, uh, not a problem. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, New Smyrna Speedway World Series of Asphalt Asphalt Stock Car Racing nights one, two, and three of nine straight uh, happening this weekend. Super Late Models, Modifieds, Pro Late Models, Sportsman all in action this weekend
0: and if you never keep kept up with what's going on down there we've got your in uh, launch horsepower happeningscom we'll uh, let you know who the big winners were and uh, we'll kind of uh, give you some recap as to what's going on hopefully some photos from down there as well so uh, you're gonna want to stay in tune with our website and social media over the weekend and um, what are you doing here, by the way? Aren't you usually at Speed Weeks? <laughs> yeah, usually I
1: am. But me and my I, I have I have two partners in this business that I work with. Uh, Zach, uh, obviously, on, on Horsepower Happenings, and whatever dirt track we end up at. Yeah, <laughs> and then and then my other buddy Gary Lindahl, who I announce with, uh, we're t- we kind of hook up with them. They're going a couple weeks late this year for vacation in Florida, so so am I. So right. I'll be out of here on February twenty eighth. After speed weeks, after speed weeks, it'll be uh, quiet
0: down there. What are you going to do? I guess more relaxing beer drinking is or, that. <laughs> or, or,
1: or, I know I have. I know I have a condo on the beach, and I know there is somewhere I can get in a drink with that hey. that has an umbrella in it. So. There you go. So. uh <laughs> <laughs> it, it may have something to do with that for, t- for 10 or 11 days.
0: That is hilarious. But uh, until such time, uh, we are privileged to be able to keep you up to date on what's going on. Uh, you've got a really special guest that's going to be on the program next week.
1: Absolutely. We've confirmed we got Ron Allen. He's right now is the all-time winningest driver active uh, for the Arca, we- ARCA Weekly Racing Series at uh, Flat Rock and Toledo Speedway. He'll be joining us, come on the show, talk about his stellar career. But he's not done yet. Yeah, he's not done yet. uh, We'll 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 talk to him and uh, find out his 2020 plans as well.
0: Facebook, Twitter, and HorsepowerHappenings.com. Thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks to Melinda. Thanks to Danny for being on the program tonight. And thank you for listening into Season 2 of Horsepower Happenings.
2: You've been listening to Horsepower Happenings on the Motor City Racing Network. Catch up on past episodes by logging on to HorsepowerHappenings.com. And be sure to tune in next week to keep up on what's happening.